Ete Iwi and welcome to Inside Netball, a podcast dedicated to He Korero Poitara Fiti, Netball Chat, both here in Aotearoa, New Zealand and around the world. Joining me today are Sky Sport presenters and commentators, Storm Purvis and Jenny Woods. Kia ora. Nice to be here. Yeah. Exciting korero today, Korua. We have the grand final of the National Netball League set for this Sunday, and we haven't had much korero on this competition of late, so it's very great timing um, for it. First of all, our thoughts on the competition as a whole. Love it. I think you cannot measure just what it's done for the game. And I think, you know, over the last, well, it used to be Beko, didn't it? Now it's National Netball League. Uh, and you look at the standard of players and that. You know that we have coming up into the Silver Ferns, it's doing exactly the job it was meant to do. And giving players, ANZ Premiership contracted players, the ability to play week in and week out in a competition that runs at the same time. Previously there was no competition that would run at the same time, so if you were a bench player you were sitting on the bench for weeks on end and then having to cramp a whole lot of netball in in the off season. Mm -hmm. So it's really great to see the likes of Xavier Tui, who's killing it by the way <laughs> at the moment, um, playing week in and week out alongside a lot of high quality players in a competition that's run as close to the ANZ Premiership as they can get. Um, yeah, I think it's it's a really great comp. And it's done its job, hasn't it? Because, um, you know, a bit of drama in the last week or two in the ANZ Premiership with, you know, George Fisher and, uh, you know, the injury crisis and the tactics. Up pops, you know, Amelia Wormsley, yep. fresh out of the Comets, slips in, does a great job. And I think, you know, that's that's just how it should be. And talking about the Comets, when we think about, like, the coach of the Comets, Timmy Pada Bailey, former Silver Firm, we've got Julie Seymour down at Mainland. It's opened up all these possibilities, other pathways um, for former professionals, coaches, and all of these likes as well. I think the one thing that needs, though, is a sponsor. Mm. I mean, you know, it's such yeah. a good product. And, you know, Becco were terrific. They were there for a few years. They've gone. Anyone out there, <laughs> put your money on it. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been great. You, you mentioned the inclusion of these players that have been able to, you know, step up to the ANZ Premiership. And there was a time where I, I kind of used to look at the tier below our ANZ Premiership and Central Manawa were so strong. And, of course, they're three-time champions in the National Netball League um, of the past. But this time in the grand final we've got two Auckland teams in the grand final which goes to show that you know all the regions are being more plentiful with players. Isn't it funny that over the years the um, NNL grand finals or at least the top of the table have kind of mirrored that of the ANZ Premiership. Mm. You talk about Central obviously the Pulse have just enjoyed a pretty good reign. Before that it was the Southern Blast when the Steel were top of the table and now it's the two Auckland teams. Same goes in the ANZ Premiership so clearly the franchises and, and regions are working together really well to have that reflect one another so it's actually really interesting that that's the way it's fallen. Another little interesting thing I noticed <laughs> last week was in the um, the Marvels, was it the Marvels? Yes, it was, the Marvels mm -hmm. playing Manawa. And the Marvels shooting circle, and I think I'm sure I've got this right, was indeed the central Manawa shooting circle of just a few years ago at ah. one point. It was um, Saviour so, Tui yeah. and Braxton Torini, because yes. I thought, oh, I know, yeah. I'm sure I know those players. Looked up my book, and <laughs> uh, sure enough, they were. So, yes, interesting that, you know, the players are going around. Yeah. Now, Storm, you were a part of the Stars, and obviously the Comets were in your breathing space at trainings and things like that. How did you, you know... You know, train with them or see the development in those young players? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's the same this year. I think it might be a little bit separate the way it's run, but obviously we had Bubby involved in the Stars as an assistant coach and leading the Beko team, so pretty hard for her to juggle those two um, situations, but it was great for us because we got to train alongside these girls and, and gave them opportunities to train against us, prepare themselves for their game. We used Vika Kualoto quite a bit last year. She's another one who's who's 
performing out of her skin this year in the NNL. And actually prior to that, when I was at the Mystics, I had a really bad injury and I was coming back and I was um, able to play a quarter for the Marvels. So I've actually played in the Beko competition wow. as a <laughs> You've done it all. Fern, which was really strange, <laughs> yeah. but great that they have that, um, I guess, pathway for players who are coming back from injury. Players like Claire O'Brien, who hasn't managed to sort of break into an ANZ team after having um, a bad situation in the Suncourt, but she's playing for the Marvels week in and week out, former Swiss player. And so it's, it's a competition for all that serves many purposes, and it's great to see not only is it laying foundation for players to play week in and week out, but it's adding as um, another way for players who are injured, players who are a little bit older, to get some court time and kind of get themselves out there again. Phoenix Karaka too. I mean, I think she'll yes. be coming back from a baby. Uh, well, she is coming back from a baby. <laughs> uh, but I think that's that's will probably be the way she comes in. So yes, you're, right. you're right, Storm. It's, it's terrific. Mm. There's also Jennifer O'Connell down south at the she was named, um, you know, as somewhere in the Southern Blast um, mix as well. And, you know, when you think about players that have come through that competition, they are names like Tiana Metuero, Renee Savainea, Kiana Williams, Amelia Wormsley, as we've already mentioned, Georgia Tong, Maya Wilson, Mila Rielu Buchanan. So all those pillars and all that foundation work, we're starting to see it, you know, reap the rewards. Where do we see this competition going? And is there room for it to grow? And coming in the future? I mean, what, what are kind of the regulations for, for Beko? Because there's no age limit on there's the no, National Netball League, is there? There's no age limit, but I know when I was playing, there was a limit on how many ANZ quarters you had played before mm. you could take the court. So I had to get an exemption to play because I was coming back from injury. I actually am not sure if those um, limits are still in play, but Jenny, you talked about getting a sponsor, that would be great, <laughs> yes. getting more airtime, yep. seeing it more. But um, as the competition as a whole, I think you talk about all those players. In the past, players who have come into the professional scene have had to take a couple of years before they're ready to play week in and week out in the ANZ, whereas now they're coming fresh out of Beko and they're starting and playing full games because they've had that time in a, in a league similar or a league just below. Mm -hmm. So I think it's already serving its purpose really, really well. Yeah, I think the thing you touched on before too, you know, it's not just the players, it's the coaches. Mm. Uh, and you see that crop of cro crop of coaches coming through, very tricky to say, <laughs> uh, that, uh, you know, is, is has to be good for the game because it used to be that, you know, just these six coaches would get thrust into the, you know, the big time, the limelight. And, you know, it's not easy, well, not that I've been one, but I can imagine just how difficult it would be to be a coach. You'd be juggling so many mm. things uh, that um, I think it's probably good that they have this sort of grounding before they get up into the big time. Yeah, that's right. And talking about the big time, how, much, how helpful is it to have all these National Netball League games on Sky Sport um, <laughs> for players to be exposed to playing on camera? playing in front of big crowds. Playing on camera and being interviewed pre and post game, um, mm. that's, I mean, we're obviously biased in, in that um, <laughs> realm, but it's great to be able to have players come in and be so happy to be interviewed and just seeing the personalities so that when they get to the big time that they're happy to do it, ready to do it. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's crowds and understanding the situation. It's, you know, planning your game day. There's more to it than just rocking up an hour before a club game and just strapping and getting ready to go. Yeah. It's what you're eating in the morning. It's whether you're doing a walkthrough. It's what your mental prep is and, and deciding all those things at a young age is great because like I said before, it's allowing these players to come into the ANZ and just be ready to go. Now, the Northern Comets are undefeated this season. This season. They have had a draw, but we've caught up with Timmy Bailey, who will be leading the Comets against the Northern Marvels this weekend. Here's what she had to say. Yeah, I think it's like Auckland region has always been a competitive force. 
Um, I, I think there's been a lot of players in the past, myself included, when I was younger and thought that moving into play at Auckland Netball Centre uh, was the only way that you were going to get recognised um, and uh, the only competition that you had out there. I think as the years have progressed and uh, Netball New Zealand have changed um, how centres operate and then they brought them in all as one hub and then separated them back out at centres, it's probably made them realise, and probably players too, because you go into Auckland, it's a big pond, so you can only um, get picked, I think there's five players that get picked for reps. Um, so then you start to realise as a player and now a parent of players um, that actually if you stay in your own region, you get to go away to nationals and you'll still get still get seen because Netball New Zealand do a great job of having selectors at all tournaments and um, getting noticed in that way as well. Um, so I think it has always been strong. Um, however, bringing the Comets back into uh, the Comets and the Stars into the South Auckland area, I think it's just ignited it again and, and it's very exciting for the future. I, I, yeah, I don't know what the secret is. There's been um, a lot of hard work put in by the girls, a lot of um, truths been said, um, a lot of honesty, which we kind of wanted as part of one of our values from the beginning. Um, and it's having a good mix of players, youth experience and younger ones coming into the fold. Um, yeah, and I, I think that that's the determination that these South Aucklanders have. <laughs> you know, that, that will to want to win and and know that they've got the support around them, um, especially in that community space as well, um, and wanting to do it not just for themselves, but their wider family, friends and community. I suppose it just goes back to uh, what you've been doing throughout the season, what's worked in, in nailing that stuff. I think probably, um, and looking back at that Manawa game, we kind of focused on them a little bit too much, which kind of highlighted that we are doing some good stuff. Definitely look at the opposition, but need to make sure we do everything that we know works really well out there on court. Um, and we talk about that consistent game, consistent quarters. Um, that's yet to come for us. So hopefully it's on Sunday. <laughs> but um, the girls are so excited um, and nervous. And I think the management team are, are the same as well. Another big ball in. Oh, great day. Gee, they're asking a bit of Amelia Wormsley at the back. And that time, well and truly up to it. Yeah, she's definitely uh, committed to the Comets. Um, I think the tactics um, were interested in her for their game this weekend. Uh, but she's um, chosen to be with the Comets and we've um, supported that, that decision. And we're like, yes, good decision, Amelia. <laughs> um, she's definitely, um, we name our team tonight, um, but at training, oh, sorry, tomorrow night at training, but she definitely will be part of the team. She's been a consistent um, player that has produced when she's taken that call. It's, it's been awesome to see her develop from when she came and trialled at our first trial for the Comets. Um, she was this tall, long, kind of gangly young young woman, I should say, um, that's there. But, you know, you can see it in her that, she, that she's got more to offer. And with the SNC support that's been wrapped around her and, and the, the continuous trainings and, and I suppose the demand that we expect from players at this level, has put her in good stead and she's taken it like with both horns and, and just rode on with it and she's enjoying it. She's enjoying it. And I think at this level, that's the main thing for me as a coach is that we provide an environment for these players to express themselves and who they are because they do have talent. We don't want to like shy them away from that, just let them go, but just sort of taper them in when we need to. Um, and I think that's um, put us in good stead going forward now off the court connections. I think um, initially as attitude, 
um, and that little bit of mongrel that you can see in it and just natural ability because you can tame that back. And um, for me, fitness is not a big one. I think people kind of look at people, uh, look at players and think, oh, they're not fit. You can train that. You can't train natural flair. Uh, you can't train attitude. They've got to bring that themselves and that little bit of mongrel. So I think those are probably the three that um, I know I can work with and shape them into something um, to bring their skills out that they're just showing little snippets of. So I think those are probably the three ingredients for a player that I see that maybe not outside of C. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about it because um, everyone's like, oh, you're going into a final. And and I, I think because I've experienced finals in the past, probably not well, as a player and particularly as a coach, but um, then I think about the bigger picture and you're right, it's huge. It's massive. We, we've never been in a final as the Beko team and, and we're, we're on that pathway for players that are, are, are younger and, and want to achieve that, um, that stepping stone to the stars. So, yeah, it's massive. It's massive and um, I don't know if I'm going to relay that to the players because it might put that little bit extra pressure on them that they don't need. Um, but I, I kind of feel it myself now um, that it's, it's been said and, and you've actually said it as well. So um, it's massive. It, it, it's really cool. It's a cool environment. It's great for uh, these girls at the Speco le uh, level to experience what a grand final is. And I think it's our job as management to make it the best experience we can leading into it. And then it's all up to them. <laughs> Kia ora and thank you, Timi Parabela. All the very best for this weekend. Wahinawa, before we leave this topic, who do you have, the Comets, all the marvels and why? Well, I can't look. I'll go first. Because <laughs> I'm um, feeling we're going to have the same Oh, answer. I think we probably are. I mean, I, I, you can't look past the Comets. Having said that, you know, both I had a look at the scores. They're all really close. Those, mm. are, those are the games that are very close. So, you know, it could go, it could go either way, but I think, um, you know, I was looking at that team the other day, looking at the coach, the way she goes about her business. Um, I can't help but I guess I'm biased because I do. I am a bit of a Tammy Parra fan. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I think the Comets will take it. It is the Comets to lose, really. They have um, played the Marbles twice already and beaten them. I think just over the weekend they won by six. So mm -hmm. might have even been eight, six or eight. Um, so it is theirs to lose. I feel like Amelia Wormsley, she's just an absolute star and the Marbles are going to have to bring out a huge defensive effort if they're going to want to shut her down um, because Saviour Tui shot 100% last week for she the Marbles did. and they still couldn't win. Yeah. So it's really going to come down to how the Marbles defence end can shut down this comments end. But uh, Rev and I, you, you and I will be calling that game. Can't we, we will be. Yeah. Don't miss it. Sunday 2pm, Sky Sport 3. Okay, <laughs> let's get into our next topic, Wahine Mine. It's, it's something, it's, I mean, it's not a downer, but it is what it is. COVID-19 continues um, to spread around the world and we're hearing about cases all the time. But in saying that, it also continues to impact our game, both here in New Zealand and around the world. So let's first start about how it's impacting our ANZ Premiership. Of course, the Pulse and Tactics are still yet to play their game from last round because of it. What do we think of it? And um, how will this impact the table? There's all sorts of different formula, aren't there? And I mean, I know there was interesting. Th I know we're going to talk about the Super League in a moment, but mm -hmm. they had a situation leading up to their finals where one of the team, the Leeds Rhinos, had a breakout in the in the team and so they couldn't play their last two games so the rule in their playbook was that whichever side won the previous meetings got the points oh wow and so that you know that's how the rhinos got through to through to the playoffs so they could do that this weekend then just have but it I, it's both. not fair i mean though, it's not it? it's mm. not really but in this situation around the world we're seeing 
you know, I, I don't know what's necessarily fair. You've just yeah. got to go with what works it's and a... make a call and almost get over it, really. Just another headache to add to, to Netball New Zealand's. Yeah. Not as bad as what the SSN are going through right now, though. It could no. always be worse. There is drama across the dish. There is. There is. Big uh, time. Are you up to speed on that, Jen? Well, I think I am, but you tell me if I am. Okay. <laughs> you go first. Well, so, the, the drama that I've kind of caught up with is obviously between the Vixens and the Fever. The Fever not very happy that the Vixens supposedly refused to travel to Western Australia, mm -hmm. which apparently is not true. And so there's been players coming out and resting their case and the Fever coming out and apologising for their statements. You've got Sue Gordian, who's my favourite commentator across the ditch, who's also the GM of the Fever. There's a bit of a conflict of interest mm. there coming out and saying we're so disappointed. Obviously, Stacey Marinkovic is the Diamonds coach, but she's also the coach of the Fever, who now probably has these issues with a couple of these Vixens players who are in her Diamonds squad. It just seems a huge oh, cluster yeah. of And it gets drama. thicker and murkier and murkier because now, um, because you can imagine the Fever, of course, have having not beaten this season, mm -hmm. never mind the fact that they're coming off, you know, they were docked. 12 points, championship yeah. points so you know they want every uh, it's four points for a win mm -hmm. in that competition so they want every four points on on offer uh, the vixens who are the defending champions have only won one game mm. and i can imagine the vixens are probably not exactly champing at the bit to head to perth <laughs> to play <laughs> no, that game yeah. so they might say yeah let's just split the points mm. but you know it just adds up and now of course it does seem to be the the greater picture of covid seems to be spreading and i think mm. It's it's just and it's just a nightmare, and, and that's why going back to the UK, I really feel they need a blimmin' great pat on the back for completing that that competition yeah. and completing it in style. Because oh my goodness, they were working within all sorts of restrictions yeah. with no crowds. Well, they had a, you know a speckled bunch of people here and there, but no crowd. I mean, when you think about revenue and the realities of you know money being generated for competition to even run a competition like that with no gate is I wouldn't even want to be their accountant right now. But you're right, Jenny, to to see a grand final with no crowd but them play to their fullest and oh. you know, it's still the elbow high fives and <laughs> the players on the bench with the masks yeah. on and then whipping them off to run on court. Yeah. It's just Comical, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, they did a great job, and that final was actually great to watch, despite the score blowing out mm. and the um, Lightning doing a great job there. It was still quite a spectacle. Great to see Beth Cobden playing out of her skin, English wing deer coming yeah. off two ACLs. Sam May, she used to play for the Swiss, so I remember playing against her. She's just announced her retirement, so she had an, a spectacular final game at Goalkeep. So it was a real feel-good kind of final to watch. So yeah. Yeah. It was, and I was surprised, actually, because, I mean, in that Bath lineup, you know, you had Serena Guthrie, mm -hmm. Evania Suru-Brown, Layla Guscoth, and I thought, gee, that is a defence. I mean, that could just about go out and play internationals, that, yeah. that back line. But um, the thing I love, though, in the, in the, in the, I, I've always been a little bit of a Sarah Francis Bayman fan, <laughs> just because she, she really wears a heart on a sleeve, mm -hmm. and um, you could, you know, you never had to guess what she was thinking. And <laughs> she said after the game that, uh, you know, it was, it was well and truly in the bag, wasn't it, after, you know, it was a big yeah. win. But she, she, was, she just was so hot, but she couldn't take her jacket off because she was so superstitious. <laughs> and I thought, oh, that's brilliant, you know. The, the, all these funny little things. And I think, you know, Lisa Alexander might have chimed in with a little comment that, yeah, she used to have funny little rituals like that too. So mm. coaches are probably just as superstitious as, the, you know, all of us, any of us. Yeah, most definitely. It was so, I felt like watching 
Sarah on the sideline, I felt like she coaches the way she used to play. Very vocal, you know, standing up, she was all about it, you know, throwing out um, um, instructions and, and all sorts of things. But I felt, I felt like really, really happy. And I felt like there was like a bit of a connection seeing his, how she had played um, for the Pulse in the past. Like there was a little, little Kiwi connection there. Yeah. <laughs> so congratulations to the Lightning, by the way. <laughs> yeah, well, first win, first Super League title. I think they've been trying for... That was their fourth grand final. Wow. That, that, yeah, and so you're right. first time they've won. First yeah. time and they've won. Like the, I think that league's been going 16 years, actually. And I'm, well, I mean, I'm not going to pretend that I've been watching it for 16 years, but I've you know, been watching it off and on the last few, and we've been able to in this part of the world. And you've, you can just see the level coming yeah. up and coming up and coming mm. up, and whether or not it's a mix of um, just more you know, players, around the world becoming more professional yeah. or players that have been out in New Zealand and Australia then going back or just you, you see just the whole level of the game and perhaps when as investment grows in the, the game in the UK the standard will rise and I mean look mm. at them you know they're Commonwealth champions they're you know Commonwealth Games next year yeah oh, I feel Without. like that Commonwealth Games gold was sort of the catalyst for the, mm -hmm. the league growing I, I, I agree with you Jen especially yep. over the last couple of years I feel like it's gone up a lot, almost doubled its intensity and its quality of netball for sure. Mm. It was great to see so many players in that grand final who I didn't recognise. Yeah. I was like, wow, you guys have worked so hard. Not saying that you need the superstars, and you you did name that there were a few there, but it was great to see those players on that big stage who aren't the big superstars around the world, but just played their guts yeah. out. And interesting to see the team with the superstars didn't win. <laughs> That's so and the players from Australia and New Zealand who had a crack in the ANZ but didn't quite make it and have mm. gone over there and really reinvented themselves. I mean, the Bath captain was Kim Kamein, her last name, she's married now, I can't remember her last Borger, name. Borgia, I think. Borgia. Yeah, Borgia. Yeah. Um, and she's just amazing to watch. And I used to love coming up against her in the Vixens, but mm -hmm. she just never really made it, thought she'd go over there, reinvent herself. And she's probably had an amazing career in that competition. So there's different sort of, I guess, elements and, and different people playing it for different reasons. And mm. I, I think it's a great comp. I would have loved to have gone over there and played. Had my knees not given out, I always said I'd finish my career by going and doing a season over there. So... Oh well, just stick oh, to watching it. Go over and coach. Yeah. Or we'll commentate. Yeah. <laughs> commentate, present. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So there's some news that's come to light coming out of the Waikato Bay of Plenty Magic that we'll just quickly touch on. Um, the news of Amy G Metcalf at the Magic. Do one of you want to break it down for us and we'll get this discussion underway? I don't really want to break it down as much as just acknowledge Amy Jean, really. I mean, mm. Gee, what is she, Magic player number one? Mm -hmm. um, I mean, she's given a fair chunk of her life to that um, franchise. And I, I just, I, I really feel for her. Yeah. Um, I mean, she had a hell of a season last season, and I can remember her, <laughs> you know, at the post-match interviews, each time after you were off air, you'd say, oh, mate, you know, you've got to find <laughs> some shooters or something. Then she said, oh, I know. And, uh, and then I thought, you know, with the... Um, uh, you know, acquiring Caitlin Bassett and mm. Chiara Semple and, you know, getting... I, I thought things this year were going to be so much better for them and they just they just haven't gone their way mm. and um, I just I just wish her well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And off that, I guess we, if we get time to kind of dive into why they're not doing so well, I, I know everyone will have their opinions and, you know, their little sideline armchair critiques and whatnot, but for me, I just feel like the Magic as a franchise probably need to have a look at how they're approaching their setup and their season. I know that the girls are living all over the region. You've got Caitlin Bassett living out in the Mount. You've got players living in Hamilton, some in Rotorua, and they're hardly ever together during the week. They're doing a lot of separate training, come together when they can. 
And I know you're balancing that with semi-professional netball and people having lives and jobs, and so it's a really hard balance, but I just wonder if there needs to be some sort of reapproach in that situation because, mm. um, you know, we hear them say that they are a happy team, they're loving each other and loving life, but that's definitely not showing on court. So what's the issue? Where is it breaking down? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what comes of the magic in 2022, but I mean, we've still got the rest of 2021 to go, but I think with this news coming to light, I really hope that they really get stuck in and really pull it together for Amy Jean for the rest of the season. Because like you say, Jenny, she's done a lot. Yeah, the, the only thing, and the other thing I'd add is, is you know, now that we know, you know, the, the way the, um, the franchise itself was sort of financially disintegrating mm. around her. And, you know, that cannot have been easy. Mm. And I, I just think, uh, you know, money, money makes a big difference. Mm. It sure does. Well, Amy Jean, we're wishing you all the very best and uh, thank you for everything that you've done for the magic this far anyway. Um, well, Kōrua, that is us. Felt like the time flew by this week. Sure did. Sure did. <laughs> so much to digest. Yes, great conversations. <laughs> Whānau, if you have anything that you'd like to say on any of the matters that we have spoken about today or if you have any new ideas of your own, please drop us a comment below. We'd love to talk about them. Thank you so much for joining me, Kōrua. All the very best for weekend duties ahead. All the very best for your big final. Yes, yes, it's very, very exciting. <laughs> Don't forget, Fano, the National Netball League final will be coming to you live this Sunday afternoon from Trust Arena, and me and Storm will catch you there. Until next week, hey, Kona mai. <laughs>